Hello and welcome. <laughs> Why would I take a drink of water as I pressed record? I don't know. But welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I've been trying to record this for like most of the day and then things keep coming up. But now I have set aside some time and I'm going in. And this is a biggie. So the topic today is why it's so hard to invest in yourself. And this is a really big podcast for me because it's a big mindset shift that I have had to work on in myself. And it's been one of the most influential concepts I think I've worked on or like eye-opening ways of questioning my own thoughts around certain things and not just my own but more like societal norms and what we deem as like something we should invest in and something that we shouldn't invest in it's also something that I see come up with loads of my clients as a problem and it touches on a few other areas that have come up this week in commit to six including delayed gratification and why things are hard basically so this is going to be useful for anyone with any goal whether it's health fitness performance fat loss business career self-improvement in any way and I've spent quite some time thinking about this one so I and because I think it's so important so listen listen closely also before I get started I was on a walk this morning with one of my friends which was amazing And we were talking about how podcasts can be so influential and why that is. And I think that at least part of it is that I'm talking to you, but I'm not talking to you, if that makes sense. Like I'm talking to you, but there's no like intensity to that. As in, okay, let me elaborate. People, and when I say people, I mean everyone and myself included, in fact, especially myself, are stubborn or at least to some extent stubborn. And we often become defensive when we're given advice. And so the initial reaction is often, I'm going to do the exact opposite of that advice or I don't want to take on that advice because I've not come up with it myself. And, and I'm saying that because like that is me to a T or maybe not so much now that I've realized it and I can question those things and like why I'm doing that but definitely me like if someone told me to do something I'd almost be quite reluctant to do it only because someone else had told me to do it whereas if I came to that conclusion myself I'd be like oh a great idea and I think what a podcast allows you to do is come to that conclusion yourself because there's often something said that you need to hear and sometimes when that's said directly to you it's too abrupt or it's too harsh or you have this pushback to it but when you just realize by your own accord that the shoe fits for you and then you choose to take action rather than you being told to take action it gives you that autonomy, like you've come up with that yourself. Yeah, maybe you were led there, but it's your actions and it's your decision to make that action. And because you're doing it yourself for you because you want to and not because you're being told to do that, 
that reduces the resistance you have to that. Anyway, that's not really relevant, but I just thought that was quite interesting. So on to today's topic, which is investing in yourself. Investing in yourself can be pretty scary. Sometimes the struggle is with self-worth and feeling like you don't deserve the investment or that the investment is selfish because you're spending money on yourself. And I guess that leads to the assumption that your time, money, slash effort, energy would be better spent on others or in other places, not on yourself. And the key reason this thought process doesn't hold true is simply that bettering yourself means a better you for everyone around you. So there's the first point. But further to that, being a happier and more fulfilled version of yourself means you can give more. So investing in yourself in some areas means that you will be able to give more in other areas. And Catherine, who's one of the Commit to Six clients, mentioned that her son actually said that he likes when she works with Emma. I mean, massive. Sorry to just blow my own trumpet here. But the reason that he likes that is because she's happier. And that genuinely means the world to me. Like, that her children are noticing that as well. No matter, I mean, she gets phenomenal results when she puts her mind to it, but that's kind of irrelevant. Like, even if that was the only thing that she got from this, like, to me, that's the most important thing. You are a better version of yourself because of Commit to Six, and everyone around you is benefiting from that. And so are you, obviously, because you're happier in yourself. And I think the reason I loved hearing this so much is that mums are especially bad at putting themselves first they tend to put their kids first and then what happens is they try to pour from an empty cup and the problem with this is twofold number one is that if you're stressed out not giving yourself enough time then as I said like you're not going to give your kids as much time and it's not just time or money or energy like it's well it is the energy it's like give time spent with someone who doesn't feel great about themselves and isn't particularly happy isn't worth as much as time spent with someone who is happy and that those feelings are contagious as well and like obviously your kids are going to pick up on that and the second point is that as a parent you're a role model and would you want your kids to look after themselves and invest in themselves yes of course you would you are their example so you need to be seen to be doing that. And if that's the norm for them, if they're like, oh yeah, my mum always, you know, did a yoga class that she liked every week or joined this club for X or, you know, invested in her career or was doing this extra course because she thought that was interesting or she restudied to be a therapist at the age of 40, whatever it is, like that's so motivating for a child as well. So I think that sometimes we get in the headspace of oh you know but if I go back to uni I don't know why I'm going down this road but here's one if I retrain as x and that means you know doing all this studying and all this that means I spend less time with my kids one I don't think that's necessarily the truth and two a happy fulfilled mum that is doing a job that she loves and refusing to just settle is so inspiring If you aren't happy with your body, your business, your relationship with food, your fitness level, your career, then your mind is constantly thinking about those things. 
And not only is that exhausting and leaves you in a pretty negative headspace, but you're rarely present and it's harder to enjoy what you do have. So like the amazing family and kids that you have, for example, it's harder to enjoy all of those things in life when you're inherently unhappy about other aspects of your life. Here's a thought or a consideration, which was quite mind blowing for me when I first heard someone say this. And once you hear it, you're kind of like, well, yeah, that is so obvious, but it's not something that we, or at least it, it was quite like surprising to me almost. And I love when obvious things are pointed out to me and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. So this is what I want you to consider that self-loathing is self-absorbed because you are always thinking about yourself. Whereas self-confidence and actually liking yourself allows you to think about others because you're not preoccupied with hating yourself. And I think many people assume that if you like yourself or if you're confident, that that means you're a bit up yourself and you're always thinking about yourself or how good you look or how great you are. And that just simply is not true. You actually think about yourself less when you're happy with yourself because you're less self-critical. Self-critical people spend the most time thinking about themselves. Those that are happy in themselves spend more time thinking about others, which is why I think it's so important that, well, for everyone, but especially for coaches, to have self-confidence, to realize how brilliant they are and to work on their own self-worth is that if that is an area that they need to work on and most of us do. Think of all of the extra time and brain energy you will have if you give up constantly critiquing yourself. So I've, I've gone on a few little tangents there, but to bring it back to a kind of structure to this podcast, that's my first point I want to make on why people have this resistance to investing in themselves. And that is that you think it's selfish. And I hope that we've now cleared up that that is not the case. And not only will you benefit personally, but everyone around you will benefit too. And that might not just be, you know, directly the people that you see, but if you're, I mean, I'm thinking of a coaching business because obviously <laughs> that's close to home for me. But if you're a happier, healthier version of yourself and you're happier within yourself and you know your self-worth, you will be able to help more people. You will be able to grow your business to a larger extent to then help more people. The same is true, like, <laughs> this might be a bit of a leap, but like in other industries, like if, I don't know, an, an inventor, is that an industry still? Inventions? But like, I don't know, maybe someone makes an incredible app that helps people manage their diabetes. Imagine how many people that would be helping. But yet, potentially, if that person hadn't invested in themselves, and I'm not even talking about investing in their business, but getting themselves to a point where they're willing to take risks, where they can invest in themselves, where they develop their career, where they have enough self-worth that they're like, oh yeah, I need to go on this course so that I can do X. Or I need a personal trainer so that I can make sure that my body is keeping up with my brain and that my health is in check so that I've got as much time, energy, concentration, 
deep work space or capacity that means that I can develop an app to that level to help that many people. Like it doesn't, my point here <laughs> is that it doesn't have to be directly like, I will feel happier and I see my husband every day so maybe he will feel happier too. Yeah, there is that direct response but also the impact you can have in other areas of your life because you feel great about yourself and that energy is contagious and that energy then can be put into other areas like <laughs> apparently developing an app to cure diabetes. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is, hopefully you get the point. But this resistance, so the resistance in terms of you thinking maybe it's a selfish thing to invest in yourself, I think that's probably the easy one, like that's the easy factor. I actually think a harder one and the real reason that a lot of people are averse to investing in themselves is because it means they have to take action and that is the scary part. Most people are more likely to invest in stocks or an ISA or some property than they are to invest in their own business. Why? Because it requires no action on your part you just invest and you wait for that money to grow. You don't really have any control over the stock market. Well, you have no control over the stock market. You have no control over whether your property investment increases in value because you can't control the housing market. Which to me is insane because I like control. Yet you, you would have so much control over your own business. So much control to actually make that a success. And I think that's where people get scared because it's your responsibility. And that means that you will have to take some ownership if things don't go well. But it's also great because it means that you've got control over them going well. Like it's the difference between taking a complete gamble and betting on yourself. One of my favorite things about diet and exercise is that you will get out what you put in it's always a good investment and that's really rare like there's very little things in life that always give a return on investment and simply the act of investing makes you a doer because you have more skin in the game it's like using human psychology to your advantage and if you've listened to more than one podcast, you will realize I am all about that. The act of investing makes you more likely to succeed in itself. And the flip reverse of that is the reason that you don't get results from free courses. The best thing that I've ever done for myself or for my business was to start investing in it financially. And it has already paid back literally fivefold. Investing in yourself is an asymmetric risk. So by that I mean the magnitude of loss you could expect is far lower than the magnitude of what you have to gain. And that is the kind of risk that you should be taking all the time. So basically in, in the worst case scenario you lose a tiny amount, but in the best case scenario, you gain a huge amount. Those are the kind of risks that you want to be taking. 
And just to be clear, when I'm talking about investing in yourself, I don't mean retail therapy or buying a handbag. Buying a handbag is not investing in yourself. Investing in yourself is usually something you can't see, like coaching or education or therapy or a mentor. It tends not to be tangible and part of the problem or part of the, it's not the problem. Part of the reason it's hard is that you can't guarantee what you will get in the same way that you can if you buy a car or a bag. And this makes it scary and unknown. Again, why it's hard to invest in yourself. And truly investing in yourself usually requires delayed reward type investment as opposed to retail therapy, which is an immediate reward. You are investing time, effort, money now for the hope of a bigger reward in the future, as opposed to the instant gratification, which is a far easier decision because you're like, oh, I'm buying this bag because I want it and it will give me a moment of happiness versus spending time, money, effort on a personal trainer because I know I will feel better for it, improve myself, build my performance, strengthen my body, lose fat, whatever your goal is in a given amount of time. But what's hard about that is it's not tangible. Your results won't be a thing. And we've been kind of brainwashed into really valuing things. Most investments in yourself, most hard things that you want to achieve require work now for a reward later. And the delayed reward is what kind of makes it hard. And one of the reasons that it makes it so hard is that psychology has shown that when we think of our future selves, we actually see them as strangers. So you're doing something now, like you're putting yourself, potentially it's painful, like maybe it's exercise that you don't want to do and like maybe you're really pushing yourself and that's quite painful for the hope that future you, who you see as a stranger, will build some muscle from that. That's what makes it quite hard. We are more concerned with immediate gratification rather than thinking about longer term goals. And maybe this is because we have doubts about the outcome or think it will end in failure or will require more effort than we're prepared to put in right now. Which brings me to my next point of why it's hard to invest in yourself. And that is lack of self-belief or fear of failure. And it's hard to practice delayed reward when you often can't even envisage the outcome. And that is true for a lot of people who have been trying to lose weight unsuccessfully for a very long time, which by the way, are my favorite people to work with. And I think part of the reason for that is because I get such a kick out of people having that click moment with me and being like, oh, this is how simple it can be. This is how I was about to say easy, but realistically it's not easy but they realize how much freedom they can have, how amazing they can feel. That's what I get a buzz out of. But also because I really like a challenge and a lot of the barriers to this are psychological. And it's so interesting getting inside clients' heads and seeing what their barriers are. And one of them is this 
inability to even envisage what it would look like to reach this goal which is where the lack of self-belief comes in and that fear of failure and when you don't believe that you could achieve something why would you put the effort in now in the hope that further down the line you're going to get this result so maybe you've tried 10 times to lose body fat before and they've all been unsuccessful and in your head you're like why would it work now that's where the aversion to putting in time money effort and then assuming that you're going to waste it again because you don't believe that you can achieve that outcome or at least you don't believe yet which is again part of my role as a coach to help you start believing in yourself and this is a huge part of my job is it part of my job like it's probably my job full stop getting people to do things now that don't give an immediate immediate reward for the hope of a bigger reward in the future i think that's a good job description actually quite nicely sums that up also goes across the board um into what i do with personal trainers who want to grow their business too it's not particularly catchy (laughs) maybe marketing is not not my niche anyway an example of this would be sticking to your commit to six principles now even on the days you don't want to or you don't feel like doing it so that in the summer you're looking feeling and performing at your absolute best And that's why I am here and Shona and Andy are here to offer you constant reassurance because the secret to success and the secret as to why we get such good results on Commit to Six and more broadly just success with clients isn't particularly a special formula. I mean, the formula's pretty special. And I would say actually some of the things we do primarily to work on your own psychology and use that to your advantage as well are actually quite integral to the success of the program but the fundamental is support because you can have the best plan in the world but if you can't stick to it it's useless if you don't have the support structure there to stick to it the accountability then you're not going to get results from the plan it doesn't matter if it is or isn't quote-unquote perfect for you one of the most important skills as a coach is the ability to make people believe in themselves and unfortunately they don't teach that at personal training school nor is there an easy way to teach that but it is a skill that i am always looking to develop back to my point spending money on yourself is an investment opportunity not a cost and i say opportunity because as i mentioned before like buying handbag handbag (laughs) I think I say that quite a lot you know (laughs) buying a handbag a bag for my ham (laughs) buying a handbag that sounds weird though maybe just check yourself there because I think other people might be doing that as well just check out you're not just telling people to buy handbags you know okay right my point was it's an investment opportunity emphasis on opportunity because if you just buy a handbag that is not an investment in yourself it's not going to give you a return 
but it's an opportunity because if you choose wisely your investment is going to be an investment and by that I mean it is going to give you a return and thus it is not a cost it is an investment opportunity so if you're thinking of signing up to commit to six it's not a cost it is an opportunity to invest in yourself and whether that investment opportunity is right for you or not is up to you like obviously if you have no interest in improving your body composition relationship with food nutrition knowledge productivity general well-being then no it's not the right investment opportunity for you but maybe something else is maybe that is doing a personal training qualification because you think that you want to change career and be a personal trainer or maybe it's learning the piano because you think you want to now be a pianist I don't know I really feel like my examples outside of fitness or what's directly related to me are really poor so I'm I'm sorry but at least most people listening to this in fact I'm going to say everyone will be within the fitness industry or enjoy enjoys fitness so I guess that's okay so another observation I think sometimes what we mean when we say we can't afford something is that I'm not prepared to spend that kind of money on myself and there are numerous reasons why that might be but often it's because I didn't feel like I deserve that and again, this is where the problem with lack of self-worth comes in. That's one of the biggest barriers to investing in yourself, is saying that you deserve that investment. And so sometimes when you say, I can't afford it, it's really just an excuse because you are uncomfortable with investing in yourself. And yet you would spend that kind of money anyway. And that's why we know that it's, it's not that you can't afford it, it's that it's an uncomfortable investment in yourself. So I looked up some stats and apparently Britons, I mean, probably slightly different this year, but Brits spend on average over £2,000 a year in a coffee shop. Not all on coffee. Like I think some of it is cakes, sandwiches, whatever. Eating out, maybe takeaways. But because this is incremental you don't really perceive it in the same way as if I said, cool, spend £2,000 on a course that you want to do this year. That seems like a a bigger barrier in this like initial outgoing when actually you're accruing that kind of money spent on crap, essentially, anyway. And I know that a lot of people suggest like okay well well if you're saving that much right why don't you say I'll do this course but not go out for coffee for the whole year and then I can justify that to myself that's not really what I'm saying like if you need to do that to justify it to yourself okay if that's the way your mind works and you want to do that then fine I guess but what I'm really saying is you would be spending that anyway so it's not that you can't afford it invest in yourself give yourself that more energy, enjoy life more because of the investment you've made. And remember my point about it being an opportunity. You need to find the investment opportunity that is best for you at the moment. Maybe at the moment that's therapy. Maybe at the moment that's a personal trainer. Maybe it's a mentor for your business. Maybe it's 
a course that you need to do to change careers or to upskill or to get a promotion. Whatever it is, it's going to be different for everyone. But my point isn't really don't go for coffee for the rest of the year or give up alcohol to save the money to do this. Maybe in some situations that's going to work. But my point more is most of those things are going to give you more time, energy or money or all of the above. So you're going to get back from it. Yeah, maybe your university master's cost you, I don't know what tuition is now, like £9,000. That's a lot of money. But if you then put that in the context of your potential to build money, build money, to make money from that degree in the job that you do afterwards, it's a no-brainer. Like you would be making so much more than that given your new role, I imagine. I mean, it depends what area you're going to work in. But nine times out of 10, what might seem like a big investment now is going to pay back tenfold. People are much more comfortable And I guess to some extent, like society says, spend money on a holiday or buy a car or some new clothes rather than invest in something that may better your life or your career. And the scary part is that the course you do might not lead anywhere. But the way I see it is the worst thing that could probably happen is that you learn something, gain some experience, usually meet some new people, and hopefully enjoy yourself. And that to me is not a waste of money. And if, for example, you did a personal training course and you realized during the course that you hate personal training, so you've lost the whatever it is, about 2000 pounds to do the course. In some ways, that's a good thing. Like, okay, you've actually ticked off something else that you don't want to do. Now you can maybe, maybe that's helped you decide what you do want to do as a byproduct. And if then that puts you down the right career path, that's actually kind of money well spent. Maybe you wouldn't wanted to do it in that way, but it's taught you something. You also just like back to my point about having so much more influence over an investment in yourself than you do over traditional investments. I would rather invest in myself than a random company that I know nothing about or stocks or property and by the way I'm not against investing in those aspects like in more traditional investments at all and if you can do both then you absolutely should I'm just using it as an example because we're so I guess comfortable with investing in those things or with material goods but we find it so much harder to invest in ourselves and I just want you to begin to question why you're not investing in yourself or just question your reluctance to and when you start questioning this and you delve a little bit deeper it's actually quite fascinating like your own thoughts are really quite fascinating or my barriers were anyway I remember a friend of mine worrying I think this definitely came from a good place but she was saying that I shouldn't do another degree because it was a lot of money and in the same like conversation she was talking about going over to Florida and going for a holiday and she also buys a lot of designer bags now this was back when tuition fees were closer to four thousand than nine thousand pounds but a couple of trips to Florida and a new bag in comparison to a master's in terms of your even like return on investments 
it's just interesting to see what people are more open to spending money on. And do you know what's insane? I mean, I'm going to say no one, but like I probably would. But most people wouldn't tell you that a boob job is a waste of money. They'd be like, yeah, if that's what you want to do, you do it. You do you. That's great. But if you're looking at the cost of a boob job in comparison to like a course you want to do or or a master's, what do you think is going to give you a bigger return on investment? And I get that it's not all money, but I don't mean it in that sense either. Obviously, you're probably going to earn more in terms of your career post-masters than the money you're going to earn from a boob job unless you're opening an OnlyFans account. No, no, I don't know now, actually. Maybe. But, I mean, in terms of your happiness too. And do you know what? Maybe that's a bit judgmental because actually some people get a huge amount of happiness from that. And, again, it's your choice I guess in investment but my my point is like more people will question you at I don't know the age of 40 going back and doing a master's than they will if you were like oh, I'm going to get a boob job like we are more open to spending money on that because it seems less risky than changing careers another way to look at this is the opportunity cost i.e. what else would I spend my money on if I wasn't spending it on this? And is that going to give me long-term a better return on this investment in my money? And when you look at it that way, it's often a no-brainer. If I was deciding to change career, for example, but was thinking that the degree or the course was too expensive, when really I'm looking at my career for the rest of my life so not just the earning potential that I would potentially have if I changed career and did a different job but also just my life enjoyment like if you're not enjoying the career that you're in and you're going to settle for that as opposed to taking a bit of a risk changing career and doing something that you actually love doing you can't really put a price on that it's kind of like false economy thinking So a false economy is an action that saves you money at the beginning, but which over a longer period of time results in more money being spent or wasted than you initially saved. So a couple of examples of this are like buying something like a cheaper product, but knowing that it won't last as long or that it will require more maintenance. So maybe something like that would be getting a cheap secondhand car but then it costs you a fortune every time it needs to go through its MOT or buying your socks from Primark and just accepting the fact that you can only wear them three times before the elastic breaks and like would it have actually been more cost effective to actually just you know spend more than two pounds on your 10 pairs of socks I don't know because I still do that but (laughs) I just like new socks okay but it could be something like choosing to try and replumb your own sink or something that actually ends up costing you more because you couldn't do it right and then you needed to pay for a professional anyway and you actually went out and bought all the tools and you caused damp damage while you were doing it so would it have been better just to pay for the professional which you had to pay for anyway in the first place yes the classic example that people use of this is 
driving across town to save like a pound on petrol because it's slightly cheaper the other side of town yes you saved that I don't know one pound in the petrol but it's actually cost you one pound twenty to drive across town plus all of your time so you're in a net loss and your time is your most valuable commodity so if you have more time you can make more money but if you have more money you can't make more time although arguably I w- see I would slightly argue against this I actually argue with myself but anyway here we go um I just feel like if you do have more money you can kind of make more time I don't mean that you can obviously add years to your life but you can outsource things which means that you can open up more time so mm, I only half agree with the more money not being able to buy you more time but I get the gist of it I'm just playing devil's advocate with myself. I actually recently fell for this false economy mindset thing. What would I call it? A fallacy? I don't know. Shitty way of thinking, basically. Uh, I My phone contract ran out and I didn't need a new phone. So I was like, cool, I'll just downgrade to whatever. And I got this SIM only deal that said it would give me unlimited everything for £20 a month what could possibly go wrong with that (laughs) um well it turns out really bad reception everywhere that's what can go wrong with that and given that I run half my business from my phone probably paying for the best connection is an absolute no-brainer alas no I did not do that I thought (laughs) I'm gonna save myself about £10 a month And that £10 a month was not worth the frustration. So please learn from my mistakes. I think there are some things that you just need to, you know, pay pay a decent amount for. Especially if you're going to use something daily, get a good thing. You know, pay, pay for the prime. And sometimes the direct loss isn't quite as obvious as those examples. So... You may think that you're saving money by not doing the degree or the personal training course or whatever training or extra training that you need. So I'm going to use EIQ as, as an example. This will allow you to better your service, increase your knowledge, become a better coach, have confidence in your knowledge, and thus you will be able to charge more And I would argue more importantly, you will have a longer and more successful career with higher client retention and better client results. The comparatively small initial upfront cost of the course will be tiny in comparison to the benefit that you are going to get from it, both financially and in terms of your self-confidence. Another example, not investing in a decent coach now will cost you money in fad diets in the long run. If you choose, I don't know, not to do Commit to Six because it's £50 more than Noom. I don't even know what Noom is, but someone asked me about it the other day. Or some cookie cutter plan or Slimming World or something, I don't know, that's a cheaper alternative then I can guarantee that you will lose money in the long run. But more importantly, you will lose time and you will waste effort. 
and you will spend longer struggling than you need to. That's the most important thing there. And you'll probably end up beating yourself up mentally for failing on these diets that have been set up to be short term. They're set up for failure. So when it comes to making an investment in yourself, you should start by identifying what's important to you. If that includes health, happiness, doing a job you love, following your passion, then make sure that you are investing in those areas. The next time you see something that you might want to do, but the cost is putting you off, ask yourself why. Like, is it really the cost? Or is it your beliefs that are holding you back or preventing you from investing in yourself? That process in itself is usually quite insightful. And it might be that you actually don't want to do it enough, which is fine. That's a fine conclusion to come to. You might have decided that the degree is too expensive because actually you just don't want to do it that badly and the expense isn't really the problem. It's not the money because you would make that back. It's more that you're not willing to put in the work and that's a fine conclusion to come to. But I don't think it's useful to kid yourself that actually it's just the expense. If you've decided, actually, do you know what? A degree is bloody hard and it is. Like you will have to put in a lot of work and I don't want to do that or I don't want this enough to do that that's that's a good decision to come to but don't tell yourself it's because it's too expensive because I think that leads again back into low self-worth you're kind of telling yourself that you don't want to invest in yourself you, you're not worthy enough to invest this amount of money in rather than just admitting that I don't think that I want to put that much time into that side of my life at the moment and the same is true with commit to six or any plan if you're not prepared to invest not just your money but your time and your effort and to go in willing to try then there's absolutely no point you have to have both you can't just throw money at a problem you can pay for the best therapy you want but if you don't open up it's not going to work you can hire all of the personal trainers in the gym but if you don't put in the effort on your side then you're not going to get results. So consider what is holding you back. Is it lack of self-worth? Do you feel worthy of spending your own money on? Do you find it uncomfortable to spend money on yourself? Or feel that that money could be better spent elsewhere? And if so, ask yourself where and also why you would probably be quite happy to invest that money in others but not in yourself which leads to probably a bit deeper questions about self-worth or fear of failure or is it that you don't want to put in the effort that you know is required and you're almost using oh it's too expensive as an excuse the first step towards your goals is believing you're worth the investment the most successful people i know invest in themselves education health therapy mentoring time and effort into prioritizing bettering themselves and we shouldn't have these barriers up to investing in ourselves 
like it's your time it's your money it's your energy and you don't have to wait for permission or validation from others that it's the right thing to do to invest in yourself one of the clicking points for me I think was this notion of an an asymmetric risk and that's what investing in yourself is the potential for gains outweigh the potential for losses and then I think just a simple like for me sometimes it's just a couple of words and I think I wrote this in my notes and it was like if there's something you want to do just do it life is too short to play it safe or not do something that you love I feel like we owe it to ourselves and to the people around us to make sure that we're skilled up, energized, happy, healthy. And that could be your family, your clients, your kids, your partner, your friends, your colleagues, basically anyone that is affected by who you are and what you do. I'm gonna finish off here because this has been a really long podcast. Feel it's quite it was quite important to me this realization for myself so hopefully it'll be useful to other people as well the final thing I want to say is because it's hard because I'm like talking to myself on this podcast I really don't want this to sound like a massive sales pitch for joining coaching although that is a very asymmetric risk a bit of a no-brainer if you will but I wanted to share this because it's mental barriers that I've worked through and questions I've asked myself and it's been a big change for me and how I feel about myself and my business over the last like one to two years I think but you need to decide how to invest in yourself like however you decide to do that and what works for you is what you need to do and it will boost your self-esteem and I feel like this is a bit of a chicken and egg thing because it's like you need self-esteem to invest in yourself but the action of investing in yourself will improve your self-esteem and how you view yourself and what happened to me is I I massively leveled up to it bet on yourself and watch yourself rise up to that how much confidence do you get when someone backs you to do something like knowing that someone else thinks that you can do it or that you can achieve it is a massive boost plus you get this added benefit of you not wanting to let other people down not not wanting to let that person down who said that you can do it okay now be that person be that person for yourself believe in yourself and back yourself back your damn self okay i'm gonna wrap it up i really hope you enjoyed this podcast for some reason i feel a little bit nervous about it so please do uh give me some feedback on it i would really appreciate that if you have enjoyed it please as ever do share tag me and if you've enjoyed it and you think that someone else could benefit from hearing it please do send it to them the commit to six intake for april is now live at esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six so if you would like to work with me and andy and shona in april then no is your chance 
it's my really good Scottish accent. Did you like? Did you like it? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop now. Thank you very much for listening. I know I say this all the time, but it is such an honour that people would actually take, I mean, this is quite a long one, 48 minutes of their time to listen to me. Thank you.